All right. Hello, all you beautiful golf nerds. This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is brought to you by golfguide.net. Save 20 to 70% on greens fees at golf courses all over California, Oregon, and Nevada. And don't be locked into a tee time. Save now, play whenever you want with golfguide.net. And when you purchase greens fees at golfguide.net, enter the promo code GGPODCAST at checkout and save 5% on any and all purchases you make in the Golf Guide store. Once again, that's golfguide.net. Got a great podcast for you guys today. I think you're really going to enjoy it. We talk a little bit of Baltus Raw, previewing the golf course, uh, discussing Tiger's withdrawal from the PGA Championship and how that affects this calendar year's major tournaments. Um, yeah, plus lots of other stuff that I think, you know, we had a lot of fun talking about. I think you will enjoy listening to. So without further ado, I give you our PGA Championship preview on the Golf Guide podcast. So does anybody give a fuck about this PGA Championship? Yeah, there's something to be said for leaving a little bit more time between these majors. <laughs> yeah, right. We didn't even <laughs> have time to digest Stenrick Henson's amazing <laughs> 63. I feel like I still am craving some time. Isn't it like to process that whole tournament? And I honestly, I'm still thinking about the Open where I did not watch a single fucking second of the Canadian Open, Canadian Open last weekend, which is not what you probably want to hear out of your golf podcast host. I watched a couple seconds of it. Yeah, how were the sec? How did the seconds go that you watched? They were okay. Yeah. Yeah. Were you impressed with Jonathan Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I have to admit, I like him. He's a nice guy. <laughs> had I not been like just craving golf during like the Open Championship, because you know the. It would end at noon or something like that, and you're like, oh, I still want to watch golf. It's it's only noon, you know? There's there's no more live tournament to watch. So you'd put on that crappy Barbasol championship that's going on in conjunction with the, the Open. Close-shaved Barbasol. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, just bought four cans of that. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, nice close-shave Barbasol. Had nothing to do with the tournament either. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. I don't understand, but I saw that Vegas shot a 60 in one of the rounds oh. of that Barbasol tournament, so he was kind of hot. Um, the weekend before, so I guess it shouldn't surprise me too much that he that he won last weekend. Like he was playing good golf. The only factor we ever need to look at again for who we should pick to win tournaments is who's hot coming into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Plus, on Hell Cabrera, those are the only yeah you know guys who are hot and on Hell Cabrera. Yeah, if it's well a major, said. Well said. It. Well, it's funny you should mention that because there happens to be a fucking major happening this weekend. Unbelievable. It it is kind of crazy, and a major at a venue that nope. Uh, two thousand and five was the last time a major was hosted at Baltus Raw. Two thousand five. Fun fact. Fun fact. I was at that major. Were you not? I was indeed. All right. I details. Was at Go the ahead. Last major at Baltus Raw. Please for a practice round. Okay. The Wednesday practice round. It was so fucking hot. <laughs> and I bet it'll be hot again this year because the entire country's going through a heat wave right now, and I don't think it's going to break before the PGA Championship. It was 105, oh. and it was humid as all hell. Oh. It's right in the middle of New Jersey, Fuck which that. you think would be ugly, but it's actually kind of a picturesque place. Well, I mean, Pine Valley's in New Jersey. Can't That's all right. Be, can't yeah, be all that bad. It's right there. So I was, I was just 
drinking copious lemonade, iced lemonade drinks, trying to stay hydrated. Just like any good thirsty 16-year-old would do. And I got there, and oh my god, I was touring colleges. How pretentious is that? <laughs> and uh, I didn't get into any of them, but I did get into the golf tournament. Oh, huh. The and, most important of them all. And, it, and I'm not, not getting into the golf tournament this time. but <laughs> uh, So it all comes full circle. <laughs> but anyway, it is a very cool golf course. Uh, really, really long and difficult. 7,400 yards par 70 yeah. is what it's going to be it's gonna, for this year's championship. Yeah, w- with the heat, I don't know if there's going to be bad weather, but it'll definitely be hot regardless. It'll play a little bit shorter, but... It should be sufficiently disgusting out there weather-wise. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Henrik Stenson shirt changes Henry, going on. And, Henrik's and, extension? And, yeah, <laughs> and and even people who are less attractive than him are going to be forced to, to doff garments oh, oh. due to excessive moisture. <laughs> Everybody loses. Yeah, there's <laughs> going to be a rain shirt and then a front nine shirt, back nine shirt, and oh. then a post-round shirt. Oh, It's uh, a lot of shirts. A lot of shirts. Oh. So anyway, cool golf course. Uh, Phil Mickelson won there. The yeah. last time, if I'm not mistaken, a guy who had a pretty good run at winning a major this last time around. Uh, he he certainly gave himself a pretty excellent chance at uh, at victory now in, during did, the last major. I wonder if Phil, in his advanced age, has enough energy and to enough length challenge. Yeah, and le- well, he's longer than he was in 2005, but hmm. so is everybody else. Yeah. But you wonder whether he. Uh, has it in him to make another run at a major? Because he dug pretty deep at that Open Championship. Make another run at a major so close on the heels of another one. He probably does. I mean, but, it, I ju- you know, for some reason I can never go Phil. I can never go true. Phil. I mean, if you're going to make a case for momentum, I mean, with it being less than two weeks. I mean, shit, we're eight days removed. We, we're taping this podcast on Monday of PGA Championship week. I mean, the final round was eight days ago. If he's got any momentum, it's still there. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah, I mean, in the worst circumstances, eight days, you could still be stuck in the airport. (laughs) They really, you know, we only get four majors a year. And I know this year we're getting the Olympics, which are going to be full of, like, you know, B-level golfers. And then we get the Ryder Cup. Yes. But still, when we're only treated to four majors a year, they should not, and I know it's because of the Olympics and shit like that, but Mm -hmm. they shouldn't space them out two weeks apart. Because that's almost not giving us a whole year's worth of majors, right? And I don't know. It's you know, obviously the tournaments themselves are the best part, but the buildup. I mean, like the month leading up to the Masters, when you've been starved for championship golf, you know, for six or seven months, is so great. You just are so excited, and I think I don't know. This might be getting to a different topic, but why do you think the PGA Championship is the redheaded stepchild of like the major rotation? And is it just because they're simply not as much buildup because you've already had three majors and there's usually no more than three or four weeks between the the Open and, and the PGA? I, I think it's all the other ones kind of have a, a claim to, well, that's, I don't know. I was halfway into making my point and then I realized <laughs> I didn't really have one. But, the uh, yeah, because in theory, the Masters has the the worst claim to being a major. It's not a national sure. championship like the U.S. Open. It's not the oldest it's not put on by the the PGA. Just a bunch of curmudgeon racist Southerners in green jackets hosting a golf tournament. And I mean, yet, and yet it's the best major. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so, don't get it either. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, there's 
the Masters, obviously, it's you know held at the same course every year. That's the thing about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know why the PGA is the shittiest major. We all know that it is, but it's hard to exactly explain why. Well, we talked about it in the last podcast. I mean, one of your favorite major championship moments was from the PGA Championship back when when Rory won in the dark in 2013. Mm-hmm. So there's you know you can certainly make the case that it's just there's as a exciting. Lot of, there's a lot of good ones. But then have. you think about you know Jason Duffner's won the PGA. Championship. That was him. Hey, you know, Rich Beams a, won the PGA Championship. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, the uh, that's making the case against the tournament. But it, it all in all, well, hey, I'd Todd, still rather watch the PGA Championship than all but three other tournaments of the year. Todd Hamilton and Ben Curtis, yeah, good point. Won the British Open. Jeff Ogilvie won the U.S. Open. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and and other guys. Other well, guys. speaking of which, Lee Jansen you won two U.S. Opens, one of which was at Baltusrol. Lee Jansen is a good player. Mm-hmm. I love that guy. I think Lee Jansen was promoting non-alcoholic beer. That was, that was one of his key sponsors back when he was, you know, go, really going in the the mid '90s. Lee Jansen was Sharp's my, non-alcoholic beer. Lee Jansen was my pick, actually. Porous pick. <laughs> Lee Jansen, not not to win. <laughs> he was my pick for Ryder Cup captain that this year, but I never heard anybody even consider him for it, and I don't know why exactly, because he had comeback victories in major championships. He mm-hmm. was like six strokes back. Totally. He won at the Olympic Club, and he uh, is real down-to-earth and likable and, you know... Pretty good championship pedigree. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. we're going to have to uh, delve into the Ryder Cup in a few weeks. Here. We will. It's going to be... The Ryder Cup is the best golf tournament. Yeah, it's agreed. Even, it's even better than the majors. Agreed. But yeah. uh, in any case... PGA, yeah, we, we haven't had enough time in between to get like a good Rory McIlroy weird interview where he yeah. says something. Well, there's still time. Barely. I mean, barely. Oh, no. I bet the live from even started today. Hmm. I mean, now we're already into live from. Guess, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Now, I, it'll be interesting to ask you because I'm now just learning that you were actually at Baltus Rawl. And you, you've, you've walked I have the grounds. Photographs to prove it, and I was really very chubby. <laughs> well, uh, chubby or not. I know that from watching it on TV and looking at pictures, it certainly looks really, really nice. Um, but I can't dis- really distinguish one par four from the other at Baltus Raw. I mean, well. at some point, it all the holes kind of look the same to me, and I wonder if that's going to diminish how it performs on television from the viewer standpoint. I mean, those back-to-back par fives to finish are dope. That is, that that is just asking for a dramatic finish which i think is perfect yeah. um so the back-to-back par fives to finish the first one's like what 650 it's, yards it's or lengthy john daly the only man to ever hit the green in two although tiger woods did put it over the green with a second shot in 2005 those are the the two closest uh you know the, the, the two best second shots in the history of the 17th hole at oh, baltus Raw. with the heat this week and the studs that are out there now i bet somebody gets there this week yeah i would think so um but I don't know. Baltus Rawl, you liked it in person. Do you remember ever have you the only big tournaments that have really happened in our lifetime that we can remember would be the 05 PGA Championship. The 2000 US Amateur was there. Mm. Um and before that, the thing is the 2005 PGA Championship was the first time that that tournament had ever been held at Baltus Rawl. Before that, it was strictly a, a US Open rotation course. It held the US Open in 93, 1980, 67, 54, 1936, 1915, and 1903. Um, it's also hosted a slew of U.S. amateurs, a couple of U.S. women's opens, and a couple of U.S. women women's amateurs back at the beginning of the 20th century. Oddly enough, 
very similar to what uh, we said about Royal Troon, of all the major championships and tournaments ever hosted at Baltusrol, an American has won every single one except for the 1903 U.S. Open won by the great Willie Anderson of Scotland. Willie with, Anderson did win a shitload with, of majors. With a score of 307. That guy won a bunch of them. <laughs> Powerful Willie Anderson. <laughs> Willie. <laughs> oh, Willie. <laughs> I wouldn't say that Baltusrol is necessarily a, a super amazing course. Um, but it is a stout test. Yes, that, that cannot be argued. It is a stout test. It's just not... St- it's not sexy to watch on TV the way that a lot of other tournaments, like, you know, Augusta's so beautiful from the flowers. It's just, it's greener than any golf course that you've ever seen. Just going... Uh, Baltusrol oh. is nice and green, and it's cut real sharp. Mm-hmm. It's got the long rough. It It's kind of dramatic in okay. certain ways, that it's just really, really fucking hard. Sure. Um, it's kind of Oakmonty. It doesn't look like that. It, it's a different look entirely. It's, it's a parkland course completely, but... It's it, long. It's got a lot of undulations. It's a Tillinghouse course. So AW designed this place. To me, it shares. It, it looks an awful lot like Winged Foot to me. It, yeah. If I didn't know any better, I'd be looking at both of them. If I couldn't see the clubhouse or anything like that, they seem very, very similar. Both? East Coast Parkland kind of Tillinghouse layout. I, I don't know. It's. I did see that Alan Shipnuck, who. I quote all the time because he's one of my favorite writers uh, who writes for Golf Golf Magazine, part of the Sports Illustrated family. And when they asked him, you know, are you excited for the PGA? He, uh, he said, you know, I know the PGA is the least prestigious of the majors, but as long as it keeps going to fucking boring tracks like Baltusrol, that won't change. <laughs> Just shitting all over the golf course. But it seems to me that you don't share that same viewpoint. And I'm I'm kind of somewhere in between in that we got it a looks good beautiful. Major. We got a good major out of it the last time. Yeah, that is true. Phil Mickelson had to get up and down from some nasty lie in the rough to win by one shot over the great Thomas Bjorn in 2005. <laughs> well, Jesus, we were that close to Thomas Bjorn <laughs> winning. That, that would have They would never have gone back. But <laughs> And it finished on Monday, don't you forget, too. It was one of the very few majors, um, other than that 2008 U.S. Open that you and me always like to talk about. Uh, actually, Thomas Bjorn and the great Steve Elkington tied for second place in that 2005 PGA Steve Championship. Steve was a hell of a player, although a real prick. <laughs> uh, a massive prick. Um, and then tied for fourth, DL3 and Tiger Woods. Of those top five finishers, Tiger the only one to break par on Sunday with a 68 to eventually lose by two to Phil. Yeah. It's interesting that the PGA has kind of adopted Baltusrol because it is a very U.S. Open-y totally. kind of course. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. It It is hard. It is unpleasant. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not going to be pleasant with all the heat. It, it's a good spectator experience. If I didn't know you were talking about golf, I would be imagining some really awful upstairs situation going on in my head. Hot, heat, long, just all just um, sweaty. Just, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's just gross. You've got a whole thing in your head. <laughs> Sick bastard. Uh, jumping back to 2005, after Tiger Woods, the rest of the leaderboard, if you're talking about top 10s, uh, Michael Campbell, Retief Goosen, Jeff Michael Ogilvie. Campbell, you mean U.S. Open champion, Michael U.S. Campbell? Open champion from New Zealand, Michael Campbell. And then uh, tied for 10th, you had uh, VJ, David Tom, Steve Flesh, and a couple of other guys. So, yeah, that was the year Michael Campbell won the U.S. Open. I remember uh, watching him warm up mm-hmm. on the practice Michael Campbell was a, It's really crazy. I mean, think back to like the mid-aughts, how there were those couple guys that were just 
you know, the few guys that were challenging Tigers and winning a major here and there, and you were thought, oh, maybe, maybe this is the guy that's going to supplant Tiger, and it's just their lifespan of greatness was a year, two years tops. As good as Retief Goosen was, you almost forget about him now because he was so good when he was winning, but it was still sh- and so short lived. And, and he's still good, really good, just not that good. It's funny the things you remember when you go to a golf tournament. It's been a long time, especially when you were a kid. Like mm-hmm. I, it was a practice round, so I spent a decent amount of time there. I, I got an autograph from Paul Lazinger. Nice, because I was still a kid at nice. that point. Barely, yeah, good move. You know, I was actually way too old to do that, but I still <laughs> got one. <laughs> and uh, I didn't even want one, but I got one. Uh, but I spent a lot of time watching them hit balls because that is fucking amazing. Oh, hell yeah. And we've all done that. Mm-hmm. It's I, I would buy a ticket just to sit in the bleachers at the range and have a little tablet in my hand where totally. I get to watch what's going on on the course. But uh, Fred Funk was warming up when I was there hitting drives, and I never saw anything like it. It's impressive. It, Fred Funk. Who would have thought? <laughs> I never, I've never seen somebody hit the ball the same exact way every time. It's like a robot. <laughs> he was superior to a robot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to be so boring that I just knew exactly where my shots were going all the time. Unbelievable. Being boring sounds so awesome in yeah. golf terms. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm looking forward to ball destroy because I think it's going to present a pretty stout test for all these guys. Okay. Um, well, I, I, you know, now I am too. I, I was, I mean, I was excited for the tournament, but I, I was a little bit of a crossroads. I didn't quite know how to feel because on one hand, it's like a U.S. Open type course. It's old timey. You know, it's it's got all this history behind it. I mean, Jack Nicklaus has won two U.S. Opens there. You know, it's produced a lot of really good champions. But on the other hand, you know, it gets back to that discussion that we've had before where a lot of the holes kind of blend together for me. You know, a lot of people say the signature hole at Baltusrol is that uh, uh, par three fourth hole. It's like 200 yards over the uh, pond to like a, a green that usually they have some stadium seating set up behind. Um, and I see it, I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's just a par three. I don't, I don't see why it's, it's that special, but it's a stern test. And for that reason alone, it should produce a pretty, a pretty great golf tournament. Architecturally, I don't think it's that much to write home about. Sure. Uh, although <clears throat> I I think Wingfoot is fantastic, although not as good as Shinnecock mm-hmm. if we're talking about those Long Island courses. Right. But anyway, uh, I I don't doubt for a second though that it's going to generate a good major. The the I, I like the long rough. I like all of that struggle that mm-hmm. goes on with that, and we're going to see that. Uh, and you know, for all the bitching I've been doing about being two weeks after the last major. It almost makes it more exciting because guys have all these fresh major memories in mm-hmm. there. They most of them didn't play the Canadian Open or any tournament in between, so they're going from one major to another. Yeah, a couple of the big boys play the Canadian Open though. That's uh, plenty of them. I mean, Jason Day and Dustin Johnson. Well, and well, speaking of big boys, I, I do have to mention one thing because we wouldn't be a a true bo- golf podcast if we did not bring it up. Tiger Woods has unfortunately withdrawn from the PGA Championship, which will now mark the very first calendar majorless year for Tiger Woods since 1994. Oh, my God. Wow, 94. 94 was the last year that, that was Tiger year, Woods didn't compete in any of the four majors. That's the year that OJ may or may not have killed Nicole and Ron <laughs> Goldman. That's a long time ago. And this, the, the baseball strike. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Wow, that is a long time it's ago. It's kind of crazy. Did you... 
Do you feel like something was missing from this year's majors because there was no Tiger? I don't know. We've kind of gotten acclimated to it. Unfortunately, you're right. I I still wish he was playing. Even even if he wasn't playing good golf, just having Tiger in the field I think would be exciting. But I want the real Tiger. Not not even a guy who's the old Tiger because that's not going to happen. But right. you know, the guy who makes the cut and maybe is on the first page of the leaderboard on the weekend. That I'd be very thrilled to get that Tiger back. I'm a Tiger apologist. I still have faith that it could it, it could, could happen. It could. I mean, it could totally happen. I think for all the problems so far that have mostly been about his body, that his mind really is the problem now. Sure. Not that he's scared of winning and all that stuff, but he's valuing fatherhood and all that stuff. And I, I don't mean to be down about that. What a loss. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with all of you I listeners. do appreciate honesty, as do our listeners. How many fathers have there been? <laughs> I mean, every dope you knew in high school is a father now. Uh, you know, a dickload of fathers are out there. It what what does it take to be a father technically? Well, it takes having sex with a woman, and that's it. Challenging for some, and then to be a real father, you have to raise a child, which is a ton of work, very very hard. But it's also something that's been done, you know, maybe 50 billion times <laughs> in the history of the species. <laughs> so then you have a guy who is the greatest at something, and it, admittedly it's and golf. Somebody and needs to tell him that he's not going to be remembered for how good of a father that he is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and He has and bigger fucking fish to fry. I admire once a guy has kids wanting to be a good father and all that stuff. You, you commendable it, very commendable if you have no other special it's, talents it's not like i mean yeah it's not like quitting to play baseball or something like michael jordan did but and of course he came back but uh you know sometimes you're you're too great at something to just spend your time doing other stuff agreed completely agree i mean I'm not trying to say that Tiger Woods should just, you know, fuck off as a, as a father and just leave his kids high and dry. He might have just not. Want, and I'm, I'm sure his kids are lovely. I've seen them in public. They seem like really down to earth, cool kids. They're playing golf. They're nice and all that stuff. Nothing against the kids. But like maybe if you're that good at something, maybe you just don't have kids because you might want to focus on your golf. Probably shouldn't have gotten married. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight, if I were as good as <laughs> if I were as good a golfer as Tiger Woods was, I would never have done a single thing other than play golf. Yeah. Until I my body broke down and then I would have kids. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you're uh, you know, women have a, a biological clock. They can't have kids after a certain age. For men, you could kind of have kids until you're like 70. Yeah, Picasso had children well into his 70s. Right. <laughs> so if you want to be, you know, the world's greatest golfer of all time, maybe you just wait until well, you, and wait, wait for fatherhood until you're like 55. Even though he's balding to a point where it's really frightening, um, Tiger Woods, just for being Tiger Woods, could have lined up the hottest, most perfect little dime piece, 22, 23-year-old dime piece at 60 years old if he wanted to and conceived a kid then and he still can he still can i i mean right he's not 60 Derek jeter homie's what he's bald bald mid 40s just married the sports illustrated swimsuit cover model (laughs) good for Derek. (laughs) (laughs) i mean and and tiger has the same privilege of fame and good looks and you know 
notoriety and fame where he could pull off the exact same thing. Some people might think that what I've said is like cold and inhuman. It just get over yourself. <laughs> it really is that I I so loved watching him be great. It was so pleasurable. He, well, As a father, he brings happiness to two people. That's right. As a great golfer, he brought joy to millions of us. It's, he's being quite selfish. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> and he's allowed to do whatever he wants. He's Tiger Woods. But I think he made a mistake. A big time mistake. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Many mistakes, but some could argue. Let's touch really briefly on how great our upbringing, childhood slash adolescence was. Please. With who we got to watch. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be that good again. No. Barry Bonds and Tiger Woods. They were at their absolute peak at the exact same time. It's pretty great. Sports will never approach the heights that it did then. Individual sport will never reach those heights, for sure. No, baseball. Uh, Well, I mean, no, baseball, I mean, from an individual's performance. Watching individuals, yeah, watching individuals in golf and baseball be great at what they do at the same time. It's never, I mean, certainly there won't be a baseball player as good as Barry Bonds again. Right. I mean, from a team standpoint, in terms of team greatness, we, you know, we luckily are going to get to watch the Warriors for the next couple of years and see if they can, you know, test test the mid-90s Bulls out in terms of cohesive greatness. Mm-hmm. But in terms of individual greatness, whether a team sport or golf, yeah. Barry and Tiger are the two that we will, the best two we'll ever see. And I'm not necessarily bummed about it because it was just so good that I can appreciate it for my entire lifetime and won't dwell on the fact that maybe there won't be another one that great. There's no better time to see that amazing sports stuff than when you're 12 years old. Totally. That's the perfect time to be immersed in sports greatness. Mm -hmm. Totally. So um, digressing back to the PGA Championship, before we move on to some betting and picking some winners and stuff like that. um, Like we always do. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Going back past winners. I keep on saying 2013, but it was definitely 2014 that Rory won at Valhalla over Phil Mickelson. Um, last year, Jason Day at Whistling Straits. The year before that, obviously, Rory at Valhalla. 2013, the Duff Man at Oak Hill. 2012, Rory at Kiowa Island. Keegan Bradley won a PGA Championship. Ugh, when did that happen? <laughs> that was a really mesmerizing final round, though. Yeah. Although nobody had Ever won in a playoff of, over no, over Duffner. Nobody had ever heard of Keegan Bradley before yeah. that tournament at all. No. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Martin Keimer, 2010. Powerful Y.E. Yang over Tiger Woods in 2009. That, and that was a really fucking compelling tournament, yeah, too. Yeah, totally. Um, sorry, go ahead. Well, it's a bit of a digression. Go ahead. That's what we do here. It is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this podcast, get yourself to a computer and... Find, I think it's called The Eagle, is it not? The Eagle, yeah. The Economist is a magazine that uh, does a lot of articles on politics and world affairs, that kind of thing. They have created a tool. I think it's called The Eagle, don't, whatever. Look it up. They have gone and figured out win probability graphs for golf tournaments, hole by hole. Major championships for the last, I think, 15, 16 years. Just let you know, I just Googled the Eagle Golf Forecasting, and it was the very first thing to pop up on Google. It's called, the Eagle has landed, 
Meet our new golf forecasting system from The Economist. This thing... Unbelievable. This, I, you, you shared this with me last week, and just keep listening, everybody. It's, it's beautiful. Well, if any of you are familiar with win probability graphs, uh, it's been a popular thing for years in baseball and football, and basketball, too, mostly team sports. Uh, the Economist has created one for golf, and basically it just is a system that figures out what the odds are of somebody winning the golf tournament uh, at any given point in time. So what this allows you to do is kind of put a little bit of math to your gut feeling that you watch a tournament, you think, oh, this guy's going to win. This guy can't win. And then lo and behold, the opposite happens. And so, for instance, the Masters this year just to give you a, a description of what this is i can Math also bring up the odds for the masters right have it right here in front and of me and i i think i remember based on looking at it i don't remember what danny willett's odds of winning were but i remember that jordan spieth at the highest point of that tournament had a 96 percent chance of winning the tournament 67 holes into the tournament he had a 98 percent chance of win probability I, I was wrong 98 <laughs> percent so <laughs> That is among the greatest chances of winning a tournament that anybody has ever had without winning a tournament. Yeah. Now, this unfortunately doesn't go back all the way to Vandeveld. Right. But uh, that might be the highest ever. We'll just let you know, Danny Willett's win probability um, before the 69th or 68th hole, I can't tell it's one of those two. Before that happened, Danny Willett, the highest his win probability was the entire tournament was at 7%. Yeah, and exactly. This tool is terrific to take you back down memory lane. Uh, that that amazing PGA Championship that I love to talk about that Rory ended up winning at Valhalla. Mm -hmm. Nobody had a win probability greater than 50%, I think, no, until nobody. like the 16th or 17th hole of the final round. Uh, so, you know, that that's why that was such a great tournament. It could have yeah. gone any way. But and during the final round, both uh, Ricky Fowler... And Phil Mickelson had higher win probabilities uh, at the turn or on the back nine than uh, than Roy McIlroy did. Watching that tournament, Fowler was going to win. Yeah, it just was going to happen, and it just didn't happen because it's Ricky Fowler. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, uh, you know, I haven't seen the one that they did for the Open Championship. Um, that is new. That is new. We could take a look I at it. I bet Stenson was ahead the whole day, but I bet it was pretty close. It says that it's still in progress, but it just means they haven't uploaded the, the win probabilities for it yet. But yeah. if you're going back anyway, to the 2009, or was it 2010 PGA Championship? No, the 2009 PGA Championship with the great Y.E. Yang and Tiger Woods. Um, Tiger just, Woods favored until I think like 13 on uh, Sunday. It looks like it was about the yeah 13th or 14th hole where it finally switched from where Y.E. Yang's win probability surpassed Tiger's. But, you know, I'm looking here on the fourth hole of Sunday, Tiger's win probability was about 70% mm -hmm. and Y.E. Yang's was about 13. Yep. And that, that wait a minute, could you call that one of the greatest collapses of Tiger's career? Oh, it is the greatest collapse. Yeah, that's right? the only time he blew a fifty-four hole lead in a major. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so funny how just one of us can mention Tiger Woods, and all of a sudden we can just go off on a, a twenty-minute tangent and not even care because it's just so much fun to talk about his career. Every golf fan can. <sighs> it's just the best. I miss Tiger. I mean, I think the tournament this weekend's still going to be really good without Tiger, but I'm so looking forward to him being healthy physically again 
to at least have him in the field. There's just a, a buzz that It'll, is around when when he's when he's competing. That uh, I'm looking forward to experiencing when he returns next year. I can't disagree. Gotta love Tiger. Yeah. Anyway, every one of our listeners should go play around with the Eagle on the Economist. The Eagle website. Golf forecasting system from the Economist. Do go, yourself a favor. Go relive the majors of the past with win probability graphs. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into this odds for this weekend. Just before we look at any odds, just based on past play, I'm, I, mean, I saw you that, uh, or I, did you see that Dustin Johnson finished, I believe it was tied for second at the Canadian Open last weekend? I did see that. Uh, granted, granted, John Rahm also finished tied for second. He's a good player. Um, powerful Brant Snedeker blew a uh, 54-hole lead. Uh, Ricky Barnes tied for fifth. Rick, powerful Ricky You're Barnes playing with fire. <laughs> Ricky Barnes. Uh, Jason Day tied for 14th, finished 281. Looks like uh, minus seven, so he was five strokes off the winner. Jonathan Vegas. Um, yeah. Before I jump into odds, um, do you have a gut feeling on who you like going into this weekend? Well, I'm always so accurate with these. Exactly right. Uh, Dustin Johnson. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's the favorite. He is uh, going to. So Dustin Johnson's at plus 750. So seven and a half to one. Um, the top five odds, you know, top five individuals in terms of odds, you got DJ at plus 750, Rory McIlroy at plus 800, Jason Day at plus 900, Jordan Spieth at plus 1200, and Henrik at plus 1400. And after that, you jump to plus 2000 with Phil. Yeah. Oh, man. Out of those top dogs, and any of them strike you and say, you know, I... I like Dustin Johnson at plus 750. Yeah, likewise. Uh, He's just playing, like, his... This course, what, we said 7,400 yards. It is kind of... 70. Yeah. It is going to reward guys that hit the ball a long fucking way. Now, can you tell me in my, you know, how many par fives there are? I could. Yeah. I, I think I have a, uh, a scorecard for... Uh, Great Baltusrol Golf Club right here. So, taking a look here, four par fives, two on the front, two on the back, but the last two are 17 and 18. Yeah, I think Dustin Johnson has a great chance. Yeah. Par 70 with four par fives, 7,400 yards. But that's also when it's a par 72. Okay, so it'll probably so be two. it'll probably be two. Right. I wonder if there's any on the front. Is it going to be 34, 36? I'm not sure. Or are they going to change, you know, one of those par fours into a par three? I think 17 and 18 stayed par fives. So they're probably the only, are they the only two I'm par fives? I'm not sure. You know? That's kind of a strange way to do it. We probably should have figured this out before we started recording a of golf of podcast. we should have. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe they'll keep one of the par fives intact because the first hole is a 478-yard par five. That will likely be a par four. <laughs> Please, of course. And the sixth hole is a 482-yard par, or sorry, number seven is a 503-yard par five, which will probably be a par four. So, yeah, it might go 34-36 for a par 70. That's my guess. I mean, 17 certainly going to stay a par five. Yeah, 17. For some reason, maybe I remember 18 being a par four, but they must have shortened it if they did that. So 17, or 18... Um, is a very gettable par five, 553 yards. Um, mm. Yeah, that's gettable. If you're a PGA Tour player. Regardless, I, I think Dustin Johnson should be the favorite. He played really well this last week. He played pretty well at the Open. He did. He didn't play that Still badly. top ten. Yeah. It's amazing with him. The, the, the floor is pretty fucking high. I wish we could get the odds on Dustin Johnson 
top 10 finish because it's got to be like minus a one thousand a minus million. one yeah right. yeah you bet on that <laughs> put, put your house on that <laughs> so uh, i like dustin johnson uh i like jason day i think he's a little bit undervalued he's defending so, champion he, he's so good yeah yeah but jason day is great um and then i like mickelson plus 2000 yeah why not feels good how what are your thoughts on sergio Sergio had another great look at the open. He's at plus twenty five hundred right now. I've been burned to win. Yeah, I, I don't well, trust. Hey, I don't ever know, trust Sergio to win. You know what? We've been burned so many times this year with the losers. This could be the year of the loser. Yeah, you good know, point. Stenson and Dustin Johnson were two of the biggest fucking losers you could ever hope to see for major championships. Same can't be said for Danny Willett. He's been winning since he was a kid. <laughs> right. Uh. So, what would be more fitting for this year than Sergio, than Sergio somehow to win the PGA? I gotta say, I'm rooting for it. I hope he does win. And it's I'm not gonna bet on him, but I hope he wins. And it's probably encouraging to losers when, <laughs> and I mean losers, Sergio, you, you fucking loser. <laughs> that you know, Dustin Johnson, who you know he chokes away a couple of majors here and there. He shoots 82 at Pebble or whatever he shot. Uh huh. And then he wins. And then uh, you've got Henrik Stenson, who had tragedy after tragedy, and he won. Yeah. So Sergio maybe thinks, this is my year. So do you think with the course being set up the way that it is, with maybe just apparently maybe two par fives at 17 and 18 being the only three shotters on the golf course? And who knows? Um, do you think this course is going to severely favor long hitters? I think the fewer par fives there are, the less it favors the long hitters. Okay. Because they can't eagle those holes, and guys with good wedge games can can birdie them too. So where they get the advantage is the the long par fours. The the more par fours you have that are not reachable with, you know, mid irons. Okay. Um, the more advantage they have. The winner from last weekend, Jonathan Vegas, who finished, I believe, he, top five he, at the Barbasol, and I think he qualified won, for the PGA. Won the uh, won the Canadian Open last weekend. He's at plus twelve thousand five hundred. It's tough for guys to win two tournaments in a row. They're all hungover, not used to winning, and you have to make all kind of quick arrangements to go to Baltusrol. You haven't researched it. You don't know anything about it. I'd put a dollar on him. He's playing good golf right now. But bet a dollar if he somehow wins, you stand to win one hundred twenty-five bucks. I would take the Jonathan Vegas bet to make the cut. <laughs> he might win too, but he's, I mean, I'd Unli- be, very, very unlikely. Um, I'd be surprised. Let's see here. Other names that I'm looking at atop, you know, the, the betting odds. Um, Bubba Watson plus 3,500. A left-handed player won it the last time. Yeah. Very, very possible. Brooks Kupka f- plus 5,000. I always love that guy. I do too. Um, How did he play at the Open? I don't even know. But he's a European Tour alum, is he not? I have no idea how he did at the Open or whether or not he's a he is a European alumnus. Tour. No, he is. But well, just I, I haven't heard much about him being in great form lately. No, no, mine either. Uh, Zach Johnson plus five thousand. Just got burned on that, so I'm going to take a rest. Okay. Um, Lee Westwood plus eight thousand. <laughs> yeah. Your boy Jim Furyk at plus sixty six hundred. I don't think so. Not so much. A little bit too stout. <laughs> a little bit too stout for me. How about VJ Singh? Oh, powerful VJ. Because I'm just Singh. trying to make a lot of money for an extremely outlandish prediction. <laughs> I don't even know if he's in the field. I can't even find VJ Singh 
on this. He should be playing. I believe he's got a lifetime exemption, right? Because he's a former PGA champion. I don't think you get a lifetime exemption for being oh, a former champion. What a bunch of dickheads. Um, I can't find him right now. He might not be playing. I think he's out. Uh, Justin Thomas, plus 8,000. Brandon Grace, plus 4,500. Thoughts on Brandon Grace this weekend? He did better than I thought he would in the Open Championship, but mm-hmm. uh, just don't think he's going to win. No. Um, here's one guy I got fucking savagely third degree burned on during the Open Championship, and that's Scott Piercy. Scott Piercy was playing Forget great it. golf. It's over. He was playing great golf it's going over. into the Open. No. What, we got third to last anybody. place in the fucking Open? Played like you a dog. Dick. You can't take a guy who played that badly. But Scott Piercy's odds going into that were pretty high. He got crushed at the Open, and now his odds have dropped all the way to plus 12,500. Guys never play that horribly and then go on and win the next week or this the next time they play. It just doesn't happen. This is a good point. Uh, former PGA Championship winner, Keegan Bradley, plus 10,000. He played really well uh, in the something that I don't, he just played. <laughs> and what was it must have been so long since I watched Keegan Bradley play golf. It was golf the Open that he played well. Yeah, when you watch the Open, do you feel like Keegan Bradley's golf clubs are like four inches too short for a man his size? He's, he's kind hunched of, over he's kind of so like a far. Praying I, my, mantis my fucking guy. back starts hurting watching him swing a golf club. It makes no sense. Did he play in the Canadian Open? He didn't, did he? I, I don't know. So, if you if you want insight and matter-of-fact opinions about golf happenings, this is the wrong fucking podcast to listen to. Well, this is what happens when there's so little time yeah. between majors. If we had more time, we would have all kinds of stats and details. Of course we would. number of part fives. <laughs> we, we have before. Yeah, I know we would. So... Uh, w- what are the betting numbers for him again? Let's see here. Keegan Bradley's at plus 10,000. That's pretty good. Also, uh, former PGA good championship pick. winner Jason Duffner at plus 6,600. Plus 10,000 for Bradley? Yeah, plus 10,000 for Keegan Bradley to win. That's a great number. Yeah. I'll I, take it. Yeah, I like it as well. A lot of these, and this is another thing we haven't researched, mm-hmm. uh, are the Ryder Cup points uh still adding up or is that close this is the final tournament in which Ryder cup points will be tabulated See, somebody knew um <laughs> they fucking knew man keegan bradley's not in is he i don't believe so he'll play well okay he's one of these Ryder cup nerds who has a big giant veiny boner <laughs> for making the Ryder cup team <laughs> and he's won the pga before and he just played well All so right. i think keegan bradley at plus ten thousand is a is an excellent pick okay i dig it so of all these guys, what are the the couple odds and bets that we brought up that uh, that you like? Dustin Johnson, DJ at plus seven fifty, Sergio at plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Let's Phil at plus two thousand. Yes. Um. Let's see here. We also it's like, like Bradley guy, plus ten thousand. You know what's funny? It's all of these guys are guys that I would have treated as radioactive to bet on back at the Masters, <laughs> but it's the year of the loser. They're no longer losers. Losers are in right now. Losers are hot. <laughs> uh, so we got some bets that we like, but if we're just going off, you know, just to win, odds aside, Dustin Johnson? Yes. Dustin Johnson. I, I, if, That's what if, I picked in the if, open. If I was I putting money on just someone to win, but, you know, it's just no odds, I'd pick Dustin Johnson, but I think Jason Day has got a really, really good chance to win he does and he's also a good bet at plus 900 you yeah, said plus 900 it's kind of laughable that McElroy has better odds than him yeah, i don't know I, where that comes from 
Well, you, you finished uh, better at the Open. Maybe that's a recent major championship finishes. Although, that being said, can Rory win this thing? Mm, he, can, he can win any tournament, but... Two-time R- winner. Rory, I th- he seems like he's gone mental. Like he's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like insane Rory, though. I hope insane Rory can win. I, 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 I rarely find myself really pulling for Rory to win. I always want him to be in the mix, but when it comes down to it, I don't know if I'm ever pulling for him to be the victor and i might be doing that this weekend i would love to see rory come come through in in a big way and win this tournament it would be interesting yeah be a lot of fun that is the good question who do you want to win this tournament mm. if it could be anybody well shit that is a good question if i could pick anybody to win this tournament i'd have it be someone ridiculously dumb some i'd have it be something <laughs> so so dumb that everybody would just be because fuck angry. Him, right? Fuck him. Because fuck it. I mean, it'd be great to watch Ye Yang oh, plus thirty thousand come back and win another PJ Championship. VJ Singh is in the field, by the way, at plus thirty thousand. That's it's not as good as I would hope for, but that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. You know, Rocco Mediate coming in to oh, win okay. just All just, right. just well, for the sake of being. But if you're talking it, guys, guys that are in like the top, you know, twenty five, thirty in the world right now, um. Tuffy, I think I'd like to see Adam Scott win. Oh, that's the wrong answer. He's is the it? guy you never want to see win. I like Adam Scott. Oh, he's so fucking boring. Yeah, he is boring. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it'd be cool to see Zach Johnson win. That'd be cool. I like Zach Johnson a lot. I think um, I, I think I want to see Sergio win, and I don't even like him. <laughs> it's the year of the loser. He spat in the hole. <laughs> he called. What did Actually, he call Tiger Woods? Fuck that. I'm going back to what I do. I want Danny Willett to win this thing. I want Danny <laughs> Willett to win every golf tournament he fucking enters from now until eternity. We, we were hoping he'd get the Grand Slam <laughs> yeah. this year. The, the bookends would be something <laughs> something good. Bookends would it it would set a nice tone going into 2017. <laughs> My choice is Sergio. Uh, Louis, I always love Louis too. You imagine Sergio winning in New Jersey? <laughs> there, it's a saucy crowd out there. Yeah, like, it certainly it, is. You know, if Sergio has got like a five-stroke lead on Sunday, they're going to do everything they can to. It'd be wonderful. Make him crumble. Oh, it'd be which just is wonderful. Not something I encourage. But well, I know that whoever ends up winning this, there's a very high likelihood that this will be a really entertaining and really good golf tournament. It should be. I wish that I had some more insight to share with the listeners as to who will win, but as we've proven all season long, I can really I can pick people to win who will eventually falter. <laughs> but in terms of picking people to win who follow through and execute, uh, you know what? Not so much. You know what? It's not like picking the team that's going to win the friggin' NBA championship. No, dude. There's over like, hun- over a hundred like, options going into every single weekend. Yeah, you've got like a one in three chance at the worst of of making that bet. But for golf, it's just not that way. No. So you get used to us being wrong and kiss our ass when we're right. You know, of of the top guys, um, I think I'm going to be rooting for either J Day or. It actually would be pretty cool to see Henrik win again. That'd be cool. That would be pretty cool. I want to see Henrik win 10 majors in a row. That'd be so dope. Peel him off. Oh, God, that'd be so dope. The, the streak. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, okay, I'm changing my answer. Um, yeah, as long as if Jason Day or Henrik wins, I will come back on the podcast next week, and I will just be the happiest. I'll, I'll sing a goddamn song if what Henrik you, or J-Day win this, what, you say win this tournament. What did you say Henrik's uh, plus? Plus 1,400. That's not a bad bet either. 14 to 1 to win this tournament. Not bad. Yeah. Take, take it. I take it. All right. Perfect. Any other uh, 
Anything else you'd like to add before we head into this uh, PGA Championship I'm, weekend? I'm sweating here in my chair just thinking about how sticky and humid it's going to be out there. Oh. If you like giant mosquitoes, you will like the kind of weather that they're going to have out there. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. On that note, enjoy the PGA Championship. Um, we'll be back next week with uh, some reactions, and, man, we hope it's a good one. I took the lead in the fantasy baseball league. Fuck you, Casey.